The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. Miles to travel before I sleep. Welcome to All Things Crime. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. Thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Thrilled to be here. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. And uh, why, don't, why don't you, first of all, give us your background. Well, I'm a crime scene investigator, and I'm also the director of the Cold Case Investigative Research Institute. And I'm on a show that's on the CBS 46 called CSI Atlanta. So how many years have you been doing this? Oh, gosh, honey. I've been in criminal justice in one way or another since 1983. So I started at Grady Red Crisis Center, which is the largest metropolitan hospital in the Southeast. You know, it was just, I tell people all the time, it was the best training in the world for me at the time. I was real anxious to get to the police academy and start working actual cases. So this was a way at 18 years old, I could work with the sex crimes unit without being part of them yet in any way. So it was phenomenal for me. Right. Fantastic. So, you know, that, that uh, leads right into one of my next questions is, how has um, investigations in general changed over the years? Oh, gosh. You know, it used to be that we only concentrated on what was legal. Now we concentrate on what is legal and what is scientific. So it's a completely different mindset. So you're almost running parallel all the time. So, you know, we used to get to a crime scene and you knew you worked it really hard if you had blood or something on you. Now that would be horrible if you worked it in that way. So you don't want to leave your own footprints or walk in anything or, you know, it's just different. I mean, everything is different, but the technology that we have now, I mean, the MVAT specifically, but you know, there's other things that they're doing with rootless hair and there's things they can do with fingerprints and what you can get a fingerprint off of now that you know, there was no way we ever even dreamed and even in the early 2000s that this was going to be possible. Yeah. So with DNA specifically, uh, just coming into the, into the scene, what, in the late 90s? Right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sure back in the 80s, you, you probably didn't even really wear gloves or anything. I mean, there were times people didn't, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, we get a blood type, you know, we could tell the perpetrator was O positive or something. Other than that, we didn't even really understand the value that was coming and what we can do now it's mind-boggling what you can do now even what you can get off phones what you can get off anything i mean right. it's just it's hard to believe that anybody can get away with a crime anymore <laughs> you know yeah you would think it doesn't pay very well right it doesn't pay very well i mean you're almost on video all the time no right. matter where you go there's video there's some kind of ping or something that's telling people where you're at you check in or somebody else checks in with you or says they're with you that you like i said your own video it, it's just you know your car can tell on you i mean it's nuts some yeah. of the best video i've gotten in the last year this tesla happened to be parked next to our crime scene the most stunning video you could ever imagine from a car that wasn't even involved i mean it's just it's wicked you know, but again, the MVAT, I mean, you know what a fan I am. And I think I heard about the MVAT in 2016 from Dr. Laura Petler. Uh-huh. Uh, and I couldn't wait to use it. And 
We used it on a serial killer case that occurred back in 2006, Allison Floyd. And uh, we did not get the results that I was hoping for, but Allison Floyd and Angela Nobles were both murdered and left feet apart. And um, even though we did not get what we were hoping to get, because they were out in the elements too long, but because of that, the Wilmington Police Department bought one. So I felt like, you know what, that's a victory. So from here on out, any cold case they solve with that MVAT is going to be because of Allison and Angela. So I thought that was a pretty cool victory in itself. Then we moved from there to Honey Malone, as you know. And Honey Malone, we solved that case. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was exciting. Not, it was so exciting. And the police are not letting out exactly the technology and whatnot was used to get DNA. But, you know, we know. Come on. So <laughs> happy with that. Uh, we're in a holding pattern with... Tammy Jackson and uh, Tammy Jackson is in the good hands of Francine Bardol, thanks to you. And Francine is extraordinarily confident, as am I, that we're going to have great success in that case. And then from Tammy Jackson, we're going to move to Bracola Coleman and Melissa Wolfenberger. So again, I can't say enough good things, Jared. I mean, it's not just a game changer. It is a career in every sense of the word. Well, and we, we, we certainly appreciate that. And obviously, uh, you know, we're huge fans of everything that you do. So the Honey Malone case. So talk a little bit about what you, I mean, without giving any uh, uh, details that you can't, but talk a little bit about her. Well, Honey was murdered October 23rd, 2012. She had worked all day. He was 18 years old, just a doll. Everybody adored her. Everybody adored her. Uh, gave herself the nickname Honey, which I think is so cute. Uh, her name is Vanessa Malone. But, you know, Honey was one of those kids that, you know, she loved her mama. She loved her friends. Uh, she loved her sister and her nieces and nephews. And she just hung out a lot with people. She just wanted to be around people and have some fun. And so this day that she had worked, when she got home, she had told her mom she was super tired. And then she started getting a text message and said, hey, I'll be right back. And her mom said, I thought you were exhausted. She said, I am, but I'll be right back. I'm just going to go, you know, hang out with friends. So when you leave her house, there's a little cut through, through a wooden fence, which leads into an apartment complex where her friends lived. And she would go there and, you know, play cards, dance, smoke weed, you know, drink a little bit, whatever. And very casual, nothing over the top in any way. Just being a teenage kid. And her mom said it was less than 30 minutes, she heard gunshots. And she said, you know, she's the type of mom that if she ever heard a siren or anything, would start calling her kids, just making sure they're okay, because it sounded close. And she said, once all the sirens, you know, happened, she said it sounded so close. And she tried to get Honey on the phone and couldn't for several minutes. And then there's a knock on her door. And it's one of Honey's friends that said, Honey's been shot. And her mom rushed to the scene. And the upshot was she was shot in the back by the front door, like she was trying to exit, shot in the back. They drug her through the apartment, placed her in the master bedroom closet and shot her again, point blank in the chest, killing her. The only thing taken from the apartment was Honey's phone. There were two adults in the apartment, one male, one female, that were placed in the bathroom and allegedly tied up, one with a phone cord and one with a belt. 
there was another adult in the apartment that somehow had escaped. So law enforcement believed it was a drug deal gone bad because they did, you know, say they were smoking weed in the apartment. Honey told her mom she was going to visit friends. She knew that's something they sometimes did. But Jared, there were no drugs in the apartment. There were no guns in the apartment. There was no money in the apartment. The first thing they said, there was anywhere from three to six assailants. Now, in a one-bedroom apartment, if you have a home invasion, you're going to know whether there's three or six people. That's going to take up the whole living room area. Right, right. And I'm one of those people, I hate the term drug deal gone bad, because if it's a home invasion, you ought to freaking call it that. And there's no other crime that we give that moniker to. We don't say it's a burglary gone bad because that sounds stupid. If it's a burglary or a home invasion or a murder, that's what it is. As soon as you say drug deal gone bad, it shifts the blame to the victim. And that's not okay. She was not a drug dealer. She was not going there to sell drugs, move drugs, purchase drugs at all. She was going there because her friends sometimes pass a joint around. It's not the same thing as a drug deal gone bad. And it doesn't take six people to enter an apartment and murder a girl for a cell phone. <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. And the police even told her mom, well, they steal them sometimes because they can get money for them on the street. That is true. You can get money for a cell phone on the street, about 15 or 20 bucks. Again, divided by six people, ain't no money. So yeah. none ringing true. So somebody texted her as soon as she got home to come to that apartment. Once she entered that apartment, she was almost shot immediately. Hmm. So we believed that one of the adults that was in that apartment was the perpetrator. And we felt like when she was taken from the front door and drugged through the apartment, that using the MVAT and some evidence that was found outside, some blood evidence outside, would match up with the assailant. So again, after we met with law enforcement, with the family, um, and her mom has been a tremendous advocate. Her sister has been unfailing that law enforcement did, in fact, send some things to the GBI where there is an NVAT. And you were gracious enough to talk to the detective and the sergeant, which we appreciate. And it resulted in the arrest of the person that we had pinpointed. Well, that's fantastic. You know, I love hearing uh, cases being solved. That's, that's what yeah. uh, everything's all about. So get them off the street. I mean, again, there's a lot of crimes. You know, people may shoplift out of need. You know, people may make a mistake when they're in their teens or 20s, drinking and driving. You know, you may screw up and shoplift. But murder, I can't work with you at all on that one. Well, Cheryl, I, uh, boy, I, I just can't even tell you how what a f huge fan we are of everything you guys are doing out there. Well, you know I love y'all and everything you're about because... Y'all are solving cases all over the place. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And hopefully, we'll mean you'll be able to talk and have an update on uh, Tammy Jackson soon. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Okay, well, we'll have you on again when you do that. All right, thank you so much. Okay, talk to you later. Thank you for listening to All Things Crime. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please give us a positive review so other people can find it as well. Have an amazing All Things Crime Day.